we were talking logistics. We were thinking about where to sit. You guys saw us have our sit-down conversation. Thank you for the Gareth chant, one person, and that is a, a movement. Shut up, sir. That lady is a kid's ass. Yeah. No, they're, no she's an, an accuratist. How are you on the balcony? The Lincolns. Uh, thank you for coming out. Yes, uh, thank you. I know you guys drove a long ways. Yes, we know you drove far. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have two guests. I added another one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know Mr. Woody Allen, but uh, our guests tonight are Woody Allen and Bill Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is how we drink tonight. Uh, <laughs> um, these guys do a podcast that I love. Uh, some of you probably get mad at them because they uh, say can stuff. be controversial. They're controversial, uh, but I love their podcast. It's called Chapo Trap House, which is based on a oh, your favorite rappers. Yeah, you know that? Yeah. It's his favorite. He loves uh, Heavy Mike or whatever his name is. Killer Mike. Yep. And he's losing weight, asshole. Is he? Yeah, he's, he's at the gym all the time. He's crushing it. How do you know he's at the gym all the time? <laughs> <laughs> You're good, though? Okay. Uh... <laughs> Uh, so Matt Kirschman and uh, uh, Virgil Texas, bring them out. They're hilarious. From Chapo Trap House. I, I talked about one of, your, one of the episodes of the podcast, and uh, I said, you really got to listen to this one because there's a guy who's in Syria fighting, but he's from Brooklyn or something. And, uh, and I said, you guys have to listen to this. And like 30 people sent me messages like, I don't know what name you were saying. I slowed it down, chopo, chop, chop. So you I picked ended up a... getting a salad. Yeah, I, I don't take any credit for that. I don't really understand modern hip hop. Uh, if it were up to me, the podcast would have been called Young MC's Fresh House, probably. Keeping <laughs> <laughs> it one. 1600 was taken. Anyway, watch, watch their podcast. Uh, right? No, I don't think that's the right. Pretty sure. I got something right here. Yeah. Do we want to say, oh, say the Do you want me? Intro? Oh, we got to say a thing. Oh, yeah. He was like, oh, fuck, you guys almost fucked it up. Earless. <laughs> I'm not good at this. Free bird. Uh, <laughs> no, sit. We're not, we don't do a... It's, it's, not, like, a it's pledge, not like a pledge sir. of allegiance. I we pledge that. Take off your hat. I will do whatever you say I to do. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of Absurdity. <laughs> coming out next month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. May 9th to be specific, but who's counting? Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, comedian, actor, this writer. This is becoming such a father, weird runner. Husband. Oh, my God. Cousin. Cousin? Where's, everyone's a fucking cousin. 
Dave stepbrother. X, X stepbrother. You're saying your name again in the intro? Dad. Doggy dad. Dave Anthony. Yeah. Reads a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. But crazy intro from you. Not Uh, good. I keep it real. I don't think that's the case. Do I keep it real? I think you keep it 1600. (laughs) See, I love that. I love that phrase. (laughs) Virgil just felt intimidated by your glare. February 12th, 1831. It was a very good year. Always, always a good era. Get your Irish accent. Oh, fuck. John Morrissey was born in Templemore, Ireland. Wow. (laughs) Googie, googie, gaga. His His parents lived a typical life of poverty in Ireland. Sure. This crib's a fucking shambles. Yeah. (laughs) Two years later, his parents immigrated to the United States to find a better life. Sure. What's going on with your mic? It cuts in and out. It's a feature. That's good. (laughs) You pay for that? I I, uh, gave the guy extra. Hey, make this thing cut in and out, huh? <laughs> they, they settled in Troy, New York. Oh. Yeah, that's yep. right. Oh, boy. I heard keys. There go- I heard oh, keys, Jack. That guy, uh... There we go. Boom. Right, a guy. fucking reserve on the ready. Woo! Someone knows their fucking job. All right. And he's out. That's how you do now it. get out of here! That's how you do it. He's going to get yelled at. <laughs> After the show, he's going to get yelled at. Solve the problem immediately. I don't give a shit. Oh, I wish we went back to that other mic. You had one job to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so John's father, Timothy, enjoyed drinking and fighting. Wait, he was Irishman? Irish. Are yeah, you he was sure? Irish. Irish guy. Now he is Irish. He's an Irish. He guy. is Irish. Yeah. And his likes again. Drinking and fighting. This is crazy stuff. I don't know. I mean, you're, you're only going to hear this here, gang. I, I, yeah, I, I'm going to need more citations on this. <laughs> I need to see the bibliography. Uh, he worked on the Hudson River docks and was paid a dollar and six drinks of whiskey a day. <laughs> they had a good union back then. That's what it was strong. Smart. <laughs> yeah, I have never gotten more than one drink of whiskey at a job in my life. We're not working for less than five. <laughs> you don't want to negotiate the dollar at all? The what? No, what? what? If okay, I'm so not what? seeing double by the end of the day, I'm fucking quitting. <laughs> the so we'll fuck? give you a what the fuck can I do with a dollar? We'll give you a dollar and six drinks. Hello? Are you guys yes, here still? Yes, I okay, heard what's six going drinks. On? All right, I, I heard, just was talking yeah. to you. Sing a song of six drinks. <laughs> the, cu- uh, the couple cranked out seven more kids, all girls. <laughs> yeah. That drunk womb liked the ladies. <laughs> Strangely, having eight kids led to more poverty. What? That's weird, because when you do the math, that should result in more food. Right. Yeah. How, many, how many drinks did the kids get? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't settle for anything less than one and a half. If I don't get a thimble full of whiskey. So, young John was forced to get a job when he was 11. <laughs> that was just the time, you guys. 11? He worked, yeah. He worked at a, a wallpaper factory for $2 a week. 
Oh my so he's God. already doing better than his dad. Uh, yeah. How many drinks, though? <laughs> 17 drinks a day. Oh, Dad, you're up in my arse at the old wallpaper factory again. <laughs> Fucking hell. After a year, he got a job at an iron mill for $5 a week, and when he was 15, he was making $9 a week at a stove company. <laughs> I mean, that's great money, but his jobs are not exciting. No, this is the American dream. Oh, I miss the simple wallpaper times. Yeah, but you've got to take a look at my resume. Uh, yeah, you see a wallpaper, and I'm getting in the stove game now. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. I'm a self-stove starter. You see, libertarianism works. You start a job at 11, you build a CV, and then by age 13, you're working in a wallpaper factory getting $5 and God knows how many whiskeys. Yeah. Yeah. It's all coming together. Ryanomics works. But the family was still always on the brink of destitution. John grew bitter and angry that he had to work, and he started fighting a lot. Wait a minute. This, I'm just confirming. This is an Irishman. We're yes. Yes. Yes, this is Irish. And he was fighting? He started fighting, yeah. It was very common then for Irish factory workers to settle arguments with fist fights. <laughs> yeah, when words won't do. For his age, John was very large and very strong, and he could take a punch. He was soon known as one of Troy's best brawlers. Grown men became afraid of the teenager, John Morrissey, which was a big deal because Troy was a place where men were commonly beaten to death in the mills, factories, and docks. <laughs> Commonly? Yeah, com- yeah. Yeah. Well, how, t- how tough is this John Morrison? Well, put it this way, he's still alive. <laughs> Boy, Timothy's taking a long lunch break, isn't he? Oh, he got beaten to death. You didn't hear. No, he's not with us any longer. Yeah, we're hiring. Oh, it's, you know, when your day comes, your day comes. It just is life in the factory. With his reputation as a fighter, uh, when he was 16, John was approached to be the bouncer at a brothel. Sure. John demanded $20 a week, which was Damn. a Damn! Did they get to have sex with him? No. Oh, it's quite a raise. It was a huge sum at the time, and the owner balked. So John decided to prove he was worth it. At the bar in the brothel was an infamous dock worker and brutal brawler who had gouged out the eyes of several opponents. His name was Bibber McGeehan. What was his name? Bibber McGeehan. Bibber McGeehan. I mean Bibber McGeehan. That sounded better in my head. John pointed at him and looked at the owner and said, You want me to prove it? Bibber McGeehan's at the bar. Will he do as a sample? And the owner said yes. So Morrissey walked so over. So he asked the owner, if, can I go beat the fuck out of him? He was like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> How about I beat the shit out of Bibber? <laughs> yeah, I'll go kill him. Yeah, Thank you. you. Know, the guy over there who's like not doing anything wrong and yeah. is paying his bills. Bibber. Yeah. Could, could beat the shit out of him. Uh, you want the job? Uh, go handle this guy who keeps gouging out eyes. We can't deal with it. We need someone. <laughs> so he knocks out Bibber with one punch and got the job for $20 a week. That's a good interview. Yeah. Put it on the resume. Yeah. I got to try that next time. And I could fix stoves. <laughs> also, your wallpaper's peeling, just saying. <laughs> and uh, he was worth it. After a series of beatings of customers, word got out. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to go to this brothel. You, you get your shit kicked right out here. I don't even have sex with the women anymore. This guy beats the fuck out of you. 
I mean, I know you think you got the shit kicked out of you, but you haven't got the shit kicked out of you till you get John Morrison to oh. kick the shit right out of you. Well, now that Bibber's gone. Now I just come when I go there and get punched. I don't need to go near the ladies. We've <laughs> discovered an entire new fetish. It's like, yeah. I realized after I went a few times, I wasn't really interested in the ladies anymore. You know, the whole time I was putting it inside her, I was just thinking, what a time that guy beat the crap out of me. <laughs> oh, boy, he really took a hold of my hand and my heart. He really did. So the brothel became known as a place that did not mess around. <clears throat> but soon, well, that's John... a weird policy for a brothel. <laughs> oh, you gotta go here. They don't mess around, huh? So it's a bar. No funny business. Yeah. Well, wait. I that's what I'm mainly interested in. Uh, like... But John Sue grew tired of beating up locals and started dreaming of beating up people in the big city. You gotta picture that, and the way you have to picture that is like, he's, he just beats up somebody and he throws them out, and then he goes to like the outside, and he looks in the like sky, and he's like, there's got to be more to this. Someday I'll beat the shit out of fancy people. Oh, you're a dreamer. I got no greater dream than knocking the monocle out of a motherfucker's face. Hey. <laughs> My head's in the clouds again. He's skipping stones. Oh, I'd be loose. So he got a job as a deckhand on a riverboat, and he fell in love with the captain's daughter, Susie Smith, who was educated and refined and way above his pay grade, but he still began to pursue her. Meanwhile, he was like a gunfighter in the Old West. Dock workers and cruise shipmen, uh, ship crewmen, sorry, uh, had heard of him, and he was often just challenged to fight. So guys in the docks like, that's the one, right? Uh, Let's go, big boy. That's, t- that's a uh, tough That's life. the one who's really good at being the shit out of people. I, I want to fight you. <laughs> I relate to that, because I often find myself at a bar or gathering, and someone challenges me to a podcast off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're I'm, the guy. I'm tired uh, of it. I'm tired well, of I it. Well, I got a microphone. I'm, you start. I, I, I just, Throw the first jib. I just want to live my life, man. I just want to live my life. Yeah, but pretty soon we'll be on HBO's Pod Off. Yeah. Uh, that's a hell of a show. I hear it's doing poorly. Uh, but John would always beat the crap out of all the challengers. And when he was 17, he joined a gang. He's 17? Yes. What? In my head, in my head, we've gone to 28 or 30. He's 17. He's looking to settle down. He's 17? The fuck? He was just 15. A 16-year-old's in front of your brothel like, yeah, yeah, I'm in charge here. Well, this is a good math problem. It's like, if John is 15... And then he quits bouncing because he's beaten up everybody in Troy, New York in, at 17. How long does it take to beat the shit out of everyone in Troy, New York? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so he joined a gang called the Downtown Gang. <laughs> Where were they located? <laughs> and their rivals were the Uptown Gang. Okay, so these are the first two gangs ever. <laughs> You gotta give them. You gotta give them a break. These are like the first ever gangs. For, for sure. It takes a while to like get the hang of naming your group. You know, I don't like those downtown gentlemen. Yeah, I wish there was a group for guys like us, uptowners. You just said it. <laughs> what are we gonna call ourselves? Uh, the pants wearers. All right, no more pitching from you. No, I think we want to go geographical. 
Good color silk to cape. Guys who like dogs, gang. Yeah, guys who like dogs. Hey, downtowners, we're the guys who like dogs. <laughs> Let's have a spitball again. I don't think we're hitting it. We might. Let's circle back after lunch. Let's all have a night and think on it and come back with some names. But I do like guys who like dogs. <laughs> One day at Lawrence's saloon, John came across the leader of the Uptowns, John O'Rourke. They fought, and John beat the living shit out of him. Then eight other uptowns attacked John. Not at once, one at a time. Wait. So every time you watch a movie and you see the guy fighting and the six other guys like, oh man, when he's done fighting that guy, I'm going to jump in and yeah. fight him too. That actually happened. That, yeah, that I, happened. I owe Steven Seagal a huge apology. <laughs> huge apology. Huge apology. I was just watching all those movies like, bullshit. Hey, do you guys think about doing it at once? No, we respect the man. Be fair. And he beat the shit out of the guys one by one. This battle made John a legend in Troy, and an article was written about him in the New York Daily Tribune. (laughs) 17-year-old wonder boy. His ex-boss from the brothel was on a trip to New York City, and he talked up John in the America's Club, saying he could beat anyone. Guys in the city were not down with this idea. Dutch Charlie Dwayne. What? Dutch Charlie Dwayne. Okay. Where is he from? Yeah. <laughs> Spain. <laughs> I'm Dutch Charlie D- Dwayne. He was and one I of come the f- from Spain. One of the first irony bros. <laughs> <laughs> we're the irony boys. We're not a gang. Wait. What? Is that what they? <laughs> We're just friends. Why did they come to a brawl? Get it? Let's go, boys. <laughs> so Dutch Charlie Dwayne took offense uh, to this boasting and said to the brothel owner, there ain't a man in the place that couldn't murder that farmer of yours. Just send him down and I'll agree to bite his ears off. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So the fighting is different. Yeah. Starting with the hard sell. Well, I do an ear package. When this message was relayed to John, he decided to head to New York City and take Dutch Charlie up on it. What? So he's in Troy, and a guy comes up and says, there's a guy down in New York City that wants to bite your ears off. And he's like, let's go. When's the next boat? I'll drive. Well, I mean, it beat dying of tomain poisoning or whatever else was going to happen to him. Yeah. True. You know, there weren't a lot of options. He did want to go to the big city. Yeah, no, finally. Yeah, it kind of works out. You know, I've been wanting to go to the big city. This ear-biting trip gives me a reason. (laughs) So he arrived and headed straight to the America's Club, uh, which was uh, where every criminal hung out. Little did John know, but he had entered the toughest hangout of the nativists. These were the anti-immigrant, anti-Catholic gang members. Looking young, clean-shaven, 17-year-old John entered and asked for a Dutch, Dutch Charlie Dwayne. I'm here to have my ears bitten. <laughs> no, I don't have an appointment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, just... Are you busy? I mean, how's it... I hear there's a gentleman... I'll, I'll likes... wait here if it's required. Yeah, there's a gentleman here who likes to nibble ears? Is that... <laughs> but Dutch Charlie uh, was not there. Bill Poole was there. And he surmised this was the kid from Troy. And John said, yeah, that's exactly who he was. And then John said, Bill looked like his mother was a whore. (laughs) So 
So he's going right in. <laughs> and also disparaging his mother. A little bit. A little bit. She takes a little shrapnel on this one. Yeah, I haven't seen a whore like you since my mom. <laughs> what? Fuck you. I'm sorry. What? Is, I don't know. He figured he'd have a fist fight with this Bill guy, but instead someone hit John on the back of the head with a spittoon. Just, that's the time. That was the third largest cause of death. At that yeah. Time. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the new lightning. <laughs> in moments, everyone in the bar started hitting and kicking John. He went down and was lying on the floor as they kicked him, gushing You mean blood. he was lying going like, I'm fine, I'm standing up. <laughs> I'm no. winning this fight. He went down, he actually went oh, down. Oh, he was lying on the so floor. So he's uh, down there gushing blood. I get oh, here it. Here we go. I get it. They do, finally... Wait a minute, so they didn't obey Seagal rules? They did not they obey all at once? Yeah. These guys are not Troy New York gentlemen. City. It's in the bad bar. I mean, yeah. yeah. This oh, is we, not what the Uptown Boys do. We don't Seagal here. Yet somehow John managed to get back on his feet. Everyone in the bar was amazed considering the beating he'd just taken. And then he actually started throwing punches and landing blows. Then someone hit him on the back of the head with a club, and he was out cold. Uh, that's tough. Right in the midst of a comeback. Bill pulled out a knife and walked over and was about to kill John when the owner of the America's Club stepped in and saved him. Uh, he was way too impressed with what he had just seen from John, and he told them this was too good of a fighter to just kill off. Then John was taken upstairs and spent several days healing in bed. Jesus. So now it is like a Seagal movie again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not this one, boys. There's a fire in him. And then the love interest is up there, like, bathing him, and he's like, ah, 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 ah. What's your deal? Oh, I'm... That actually is a lot like interning at Google. Like, after they beat the shit out of you, if if they see something in you, they'll spare your life and let you become an intern. (laughs) (sighs) This is actually... This is the beginning of Google, this story. So, uh, so Bill, Bill allowed him to live, but he had a new enemy. Now, Bill was born, uh, Bill Poole was born in Sussex County, New Jersey, to English parents. In 1832, his father moved the whole family to New York City to open a butcher shop in Manhattan, as people dreamed of. Uh, I want to work around meat. Oh, that was Irish. <laughs> you know, uh, I know we haven't developed refrigeration yet. But I'd really like to work around a bunch of slaughtered uh, beef carcasses. Mm. I love cutting bone. It's a passion. Everyone listening is like, what's happening? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So uh, Bill trained to be a butcher with his dad, and in time he took over the family meat shop. He also joined the Bowery Boys Street Gang. Oh, boy. See, they're progressing. That's a little more catchy than the downtowners and the uptowners. Well, we were skipping over when marketing was invented. But... It's also just the name of the place they're from, so it's not any different than the Uptown Boys. All right, that's ah, fair. Yeah, that's you're right. Fair. Still, it's <laughs> back just, to the drawing board. They're, be- they're, they're from a better location. <laughs> the, 
The Bowery Boys uh, were working men laborers or self-employed small businessmen. As Bill grew older, he joined Fire Engine Company number 34. Sure. Right? So now he's in one of those crazy fire uh, outfits. And he started his own gang called the Washington Street Gang. I okay. assume Again. So uh, from very... Washington Street. Yeah. Gang in the name of the gang? Yeah. Is that if only first... we knew where they were located. <laughs> Strike them at their headquarters. It's just getting more and more specific. The next one is, yeah. uh, this is Steve's house gang. <laughs> <laughs> we're 86 Wells Street. <laughs> Apartment 5. Why? That's the gang name. Social Security number 329. Yeah. 576. It's pound 691. You get in the door, it'll buzz. Why? That's the gang name. Ask for Bobby. What is your deal? So the jackets are going to be more than we thought. <laughs> Uh, the Washington Street Gang was a politically affiliated gang. They were militant supporters of the Know Nothing Party. So Know Nothing's here all, tonight. We all know about them. They're in the White House. <laughs> David. Oh, what have I done? Who got sassy? David. Uh, they bitterly opposed Give Irish... Give him a minute. They, no, they <laughs> they bitterly oppose the uh, the Clown Street Gang, which is in Congress. <laughs> Am I right, folks? Am I right about the clowns? Uh, our the guest clowns PJ, our guest PJ O'Rourke is here tonight. Uh, they bitterly opposed Irish Catholic immigration and hated them because they were cheap labor. And they competed for jobs of native-born men. They took their jobs. They also beat up every man in Troy, New York. Yeah, it's true. I'd be like, hey, we got to do something about these Irishmen. (laughs) Kicking the shit out of everybody. We got to get rid of this Troy, New York sanctuary city. (laughs) We should call the Troy, New York sanctuary gang. Bill was a bit of a pioneer as he began using street fighters to dominate a democratic society. So he's the first guy that was like... Let's hit the streets and just beat the fuck out of people voting. That's smart. And then uh, there's always a trailblazer. And then later, Mussolini would be like, "That's a cool idea." Yeah. Bill joined forces with Captain Isaiah Rinders, who was the owner of the Americas Club. Uh, he was also a terrible racist who had left Tammany Hall to join the Know Nothings, and he really liked Bill Poole. Bill was larger than most men at the time, over six feet tall, weighing 200 pounds. His nickname became Bill the Butcher. Wait, oh, yeah, here we go. I didn't, I didn't know they would be fans of him. Yeah. I love his early stuff. <laughs> the eye, the whole thing. Uh, part of this was because when he fought, he fought like a madman. So when John Morrissey came into the club and offered to fight anyone there, he was daring a man much larger than he was. John was just six feet tall, 175 pounds. So John is huge for the Not- time. For the time. Yeah. Yeah, everybody was really tiny back then. And he's like 17. Yeah, well, he's... He's, he's halfway he's, through his life. He's Benjamin Button, so he's 14 now. Oh, he's, oh he goes backwards. He's going backwards. He's like Mork. Okay, got it. I didn't realize we were doing Mork It seems law. like, basically, you had, like, everyone out... Everyone, the normal people, and then you had the, the, the guys who dominated because they had the innovative idea of eating protein. <laughs> <laughs> everyone else is just gnawing raw potatoes, and they're like, what if I eat beef? 
Well, my arm's broke again. Oh, yeah, Keeps yeah. happening. You had the normal people, and then you had what's called Irishmen. Uh, so, uh, he, John didn't really like the know-nothings because he's an Irish Catholic guy, but even though they're an anti-Catholic organization, he started working for them as an immigrant runner. Okay. So he'd run the grants. So he would go down to the docks when the immigrants were coming off the boats and he would take all their belongings and money and then take them to a boarding house or brothel to work. And then they were now in debt. Wait. So you came over as an immigrant. You're like, I've got to start my life over. You sure you are, got a pal. Big bunch of money and all your stuff. And Give me all your stuff. What's happening now? Hey, this is where you live. What? You don't have anything, but I do. Now you owe rent. How do I get that? Well, <laughs> how do you get that? So, uh, so they would also be forced to vote for the know nothings. Oh, you don't have a bottle opener. Oh. Oh, look at this guy over here. You got a couple of MacGyvers. Look at this fella. Whoa! Whoa. Someone's an alcoholic. (laughs) To be fair, alcoholics use their teeth. (laughs) Let's not be crazy. Uh, So uh, John quickly became one of the top two immigrant runners, and he tried to get the other top immigrant runner to fight him. (laughs) Because? Just because. He was there because... There can only be one. Yeah. Hoylanders! We are Hoylanders. First, he stole a bunch of the guy's business, and the guy didn't do anything. And then he started fucking the guy's girlfriend. There we go. But the guy was like, oh, it's all right. Oh, she's going through another one of her phases. She fucks me, nemesis. This is the the story of the 2016 Republican primaries. (laughs) You ever heard of the word cook? <laughs> Finally, he went to, the guy, went to where the guy was in a bar, and they brawled. During the fight... Was he, and he must have just been like, what does it take to fight you? I'm taking your money, I'm fucking your lady! Hi, do you want to drink? I'm petting your dog! Hello. Uh, sir, may we please fight? <laughs> oh, there you go. You should have said that the whole fucking time. Uh, How about some manners, son? Well... <laughs> Oh, I'm in love with your life. <laughs> During the fight, hot coals were knocked out of a stove. Whoa. And then the other guy grabbed John and pushed him and held him down on the hot coals. Fuck. This is really hitting a lot of 80s movie stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> this is where all Seagal's ideas it, came from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh his back was badly burnt, but John just became more angry and then destroyed the other guy, knocking out a bunch of his teeth, breaking his nose, and breaking his jaw. So I think it's safe to say his face got broken. Yeah, he punched him in the face a bunch, and everything that was there... Everything in his face was gone. Yeah, the lower Mosh part. Mashed potatoes. I think he left the forehead. He's like, I'll leave you your forehead. Boy. Yeah, so you can remember this. <laughs> John walked out acting like he was fine, but he had burns that would scar him for the rest of his life. From this fight, he picked up the name Old Smoke. <laughs> Even though he's, what, 12? Yeah, uh, he's <laughs> nine and a half at this point. Uh, yeah, but and he smells now... like jerky. <laughs> what about Jerky John? Oh, no, I don't like that one. No, Jerky John will get upset. We already have a Jerky John. <laughs> How are you guys liking the venison? <laughs> 
And uh, now, John Morrissey was the talk of New York. But John didn't really like his job. He didn't like What's his job now? taking advantage of immigrants. He's, run, he's running okay, immigrants. Right, he's running immigrants. He's a slave owner. It's quite, yeah, right. So he <laughs> wanted a more honorable life. Sure. So he quit and got a job in a gambling house. Sure. Right yeah. on. Time for honor. Victimless crime. Yep. After learning all about gambling, the gold rush hit California, and John headed off there to get rich. Uh, he stowed away on a cargo ship with a friend, because he didn't have any money, so they hid down below. And sure. then a couple of days later, they were found, because they were probably just hiding behind a box. Right. And, so it was and like, if they did get found, whoever found them got punched right into the fucking ocean. <laughs> well, for a few days, like, they'd move the box, and the two of them would just be like, potatoes. <laughs> well, nothing down here. More potatoes. Did so you hear the potatoes? They told you. Yeah, yeah. No, they're definitely potatoes. They said they were as much. <laughs> so the captain was considering just dumping them in Mexico when some of the sailors on the ship attempted a mutiny. So the captain... That did... is a great time to have them in right? your wheelhouse. It's, again, it's an 80s movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the captain gave John and his friend guns, and then the two of them held off the mutiny. Now they have guns? John yeah. doesn't need guns. No, he doesn't, but he... He know. has them. Uh, Thank you. And then to return, he got safe passage to San Francisco. Okay. By the time John arrived in California, all the gold areas had been staked, and he quickly grew bored, and, and then opportunity came. Famous boxer and American champion Tom Heyer had arrived in the state. Okay. Hire was a close friend of Bill the Butcher. So John kept challenging him, but Hire was more interested in partying and the ladies. And after a while, they couldn't take John's badgering to fight, and he headed back to New York. So instead, John fought Hire's trainer. And this was a big deal to the Know Nothings back in the Americas Club because one of their own was fighting. But he was so annoying, the guy was like, I'm leaving. Yeah, he's like, I don't. I'm going to New York. I, I, I really don't like him. Apparently, he's not much of a boxer. Yeah, Because if you're the champion and someone's like, I want to fight you, you're like, I'm going to go. Yeah, I got to go. That's, I mean, I don't know, Floyd, Way- Floyd Mayweather. I mean, that's kind of his... It's true. Uh, yeah, 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 you just don't fight people. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's true. <clears throat> Someone said something controversial. Mm. Um, so they fought on Mare Island outside of San Francisco because no, no law was there. 2,000 men. Wait, where? It's illegal to fight. So Mare Island is a tiny island outside of Vallejo in the middle of a river. Uh, if you want now... to do heroin, you've got to ride your boat all the way out there. <laughs> oh, you can do whatever. Do heroin, fuck your mom, whatever you like. Lawless oh, Island out there, it is. I can fuck my mommy. Yeah, I'm surprised you took that one so fast, but yeah. Lawless Island, it is. Do whatever. I just married a bloke and his dog the other night. Do whatever you like. My favorite thing about those areas is how long it takes for them to figure out, oh, there's a lawless hell that we need to do something about. There were no laws on islands until the Harrison administration. Those were the original free trade zones. (laughs) So so 2,000 men came to watch, and John won in 12 rounds. He was now the toast of California. Word got back to the America's Club, where Bill the Butcher and others were not pleased. John won 3000 in the bout, and he used it to return to New York. Oh, boy. <laughs> so He was 21 years old. What? <laughs> what is he going to... How does he keep reinventing himself? 
reminds me a lot of myself at that age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. When he arrived in the city, he And this became... is before YouTube. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> when he arrived in the city, he became involved in politics, but this time on the side opposing the know-nothings. He had graduated from being a uh, guy dragging immigrants uh, to the polls, and now he's an inside man who did dirty, important tasks of politicians. He was the muscle of Tammany Hall. Okay. So this is in wrestling terms called a face turn. <laughs> he's bad. Yeah, it's a he's face evil turn. Hulk. No, he was. No, he, he was, was bad. No, now, now he's, he's good. good. Now he's good. good now. Yeah. Okay, we're all on the same page. Before one election, Tammany politicians heard that Bill the Butcher and his crew were planning on raiding a polling place and destroying all the ballots for the Tammany mayoral candidate. On behalf of Vladimir Putin. (laughs) (laughs) The Tammany politicians asked John to stop Bill with his own crew, and John said he would do it for free. Okay, interesting counter. got no problem there. So John rounded up... It'd be an honor. John rounded up 50 men from the Dead Rabbits gang... We're getting, we're really getting there, folks. That's a no, great, no. That's a we're great from Dead we're Rabbit Avenue. Way better. No, they're, they, they literally came from a pile of dead rabbits. <laughs> so oh, look. That. They were actually rabbits. <laughs> our, we're avenging our parents. So they armed, uh, he armed the dead rabbits with clubs and promised them a dollar each. He placed the man... How much whiskey? <laughs> it's just a dollar. We want three shots each. Okay, that's less than a dollar, so... I think we close out with this guy now. We've got him right where we want him. A dollar. No, the three shots is Okay, deal, stupid. This guy. Not much of a gunnociator. He placed men in and around the building and told them to defend it to the death. Quote, he also let it be known that there would be no adverse criticism if Bill the Butcher's men were permanently maimed and that ears and noses would be highly regarded as souvenirs. Well, I mean, souvenirs. <laughs> that's, that's why they got Thank that you. name. Yeah. Thank you. Nine people, sort of. Thank you. Nine people, sort of, is going to be the name of our podcast. <laughs> Bill the Butcher arrived at noon with two dozen men and was surprised to see John and his crew. Realizing that he was greatly outnumbered, Bill the Butcher retreated. John was flooded with cash from Tammany Hall as a reward. He he also cemented his reputation as a man who could deal with Bill the Butcher and his crew. And Tammany permitted Bill to open a small gambling house and he started making good money. Okay. Finally. Someone's moving up. He's 19. (laughs) Uh, Morrissey also went back to taunting hire for a fight. <laughs> okay. So the guy, now I guess the guy's going to go to like Texas or some shit. Yeah. John really wanted to be champion. So hire just said he was retired. <laughs> what a foiter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the great quitter. So the championship was vacant. Yankee Sullivan was said to be the other best boxer. So John... And Yankee Sullivan fought for the championship. Yankee Sullivan. Yankee Sullivan. Okay. So he now sounds Yankee... like a Mike Tyson's punch-out character. So Early. Yankee at the time basically means native-born. Okay, right. Right, that's how Makes they sense. distinguish it. And then, the, and then the immigrants are just shit people. Right, okay. Well, easy distinction. Um, the fight was delayed two hours 
while the boxers' entourages argued over who was going to be the referee. <laughs> so they even had entourages. Yeah. Okay. But and no referee. That's, no, not, like, that's they, backwards. They didn't think about that beforehand. They just set a time and a place, and then they showed up, and they're like, oh, who's doing the What thing? if one of us stabs the other? We should have a guy. <laughs> hey, we should have done a conference call before this. <laughs> <laughs> Bill the Butcher was in Sullivan's corner also. So the fight started. In under a minute, John was bleeding from his face. Sullivan would punch and move while John just swung as hard as he could. By the end of the fourth round, quote, John's face was frightfully carved up. He had a swollen eye and blood was drizzling from his nose and cheek. His face and chest were a dark coast of, crims- of smeared crimson. Oh. So you don't, smeared crimson's a bad one. It's blood. It's my favorite prog rock band. Yeah. <laughs> And that was just the beginning. Sullivan dominated the first 10 rounds of the fight, but then he got tired. Oh, man. And the fight went on. The 37th round... Whoa, 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 whoa. 37? The 37th round... We do nine-second rounds. (laughs) 37? Yeah. So you really are just saying who's tired at that point. Well, you go until someone falls over and can't get up. What, that's when you need your life alert. <laughs> it's really more of a carbo-loading contest than a fight. Yeah. Like whoever had the most pasta beforehand. They're just squirting water and like coffee in your mouth like it's water. Yeah. There you go. Stay up. I'm awake. Uh, so the 30, 37th round is still considered to be one of the craziest in boxing history. Solomon came out, swung, and missed. John threw Sullivan against one of the ring stakes and started pounding him. Sullivan tried to grab onto John, so John choked Sullivan with one hand and started punching him with the other. He just invented MMA? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's an innovator. Was there a ref? No, it's legal. There's no, that's there's legal no, to choke. There's no rules against choking So a guy what is the ref him. doing? He's like, oh, legal, 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 legal. Yeah, kick his, kick his nuts. Legal, 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 legal. Yep. There's no rules against choking or a dog entering the ring. Uh, <laughs> we've got a dog ringside again. Boy, this is one lost puppy. So to avoid the beating, Sullivan dropped to the ground, which is also totally legal. You could get on the ground. So John... I got you with a hiding rule. I put on a big mustache. You can't tell that I'm the fighter or one of the uh, spectators. Hey, he's got his head in my shorts. It's legal, son. Oh, I haven't seen anything illegal. John then started punching Sullivan while he was on the ground. Also totally legal. Legal, legal. I'll let you know when there's been an infraction. Legal. Then Sullivan's two cornermen jumped into the ring. At that point, John picked legal, up... Legal, 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 legal. John picked up Sullivan and slammed him back onto the ground. Like okay, some... this is wrestling. Legal. I haven't seen anything wrong. Legal. <laughs> <laughs> then John's cornerman ran into the ring and a melee erupted. Drunk spectators jumped in and legal. soon everyone was. <laughs> legal, legal. All allow it. Legal, 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 legal. All allow it. So. The referee is in the bar next door getting shit faced. Legal. All allow it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's total chaos. John was now fighting one of Sullivan's cornermen, and Sullivan was now fighting one of John's cornermen, <laughs> whose name was Awful Gardner. 
Whoa, whoa. Wait, say, say that name again, please. Awful Gardner. Okay. How awful, are your tomatoes, what? Awful? Awful had a brother named Horrible Gardner. What? <laughs> yep. Who? Awful yeah. had once... How been... did his parents know? <laughs> his thumbs aren't green. You know what he'll be like in the garden. <laughs> Betty, I think you're overthinking this. Awful had once bitten another's another boxer's nose off during an argument, which isn't really an argument at that point. <laughs> well, yeah, true. It's, an up, it's a major it's a upgrade. Fight. It's a uh, fight. You, well, I mean, you, when, once you've bitten a nose off, you've lost, because that's the ultimate ad hominem. Yeah, you're, at that point, you're, yeah, you're out of points. It's like your blood's crumbing out of your face. Thank you for conceding my point. <laughs> well, I think we all know who won this one. You don't and know I, how bad you look. You me a foolish, towel. foolish loser. With my nose in your... My God, I'm lightheaded. I am not... Eventually, the ring was finally cleared, and the referee signaled for round 38 to start. <laughs> Nothing li- illegal has happened. Next round. But Sullivan did not come out. Now, there are two separate reports. One said that he did not want to continue because he was too badly beaten. And the other says he would not stop fighting awful Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What was wrong with Awful? I mean, besides his gardening prospects. It was a classic subs versus dubs uh, argument. You know how No, no, get. no, don't water it! Awful. I... Oh. What are you doing? We want it to grow. Put more plants inside of the toilet. This is how we get a yard. Awful. I... Either way, John was the new American boxing champion. The New York Times said of John Morrissey in the fight, quote, you might as well hit a brick wall as hit that man on the head. It's a pretty good compliment. <laughs> that yeah. was like the third most popular spectator sport at that time, was yeah. punching brick walls. Man v. Wall. Man v. Wall. Huge, Man v. Wall. Huge, huge hit. Big show. Travel Channel. Yep. Uh, but the melee was not over. After the fight, the crowd turned into a riot, which spilled... Now, this is out in a rural area. So they're riding, they're riding in, like, the middle of Kansas. Okay. Wait, actually, not Kansas, but you get the... I'm making a fuck-off. Okay. <laughs> Normal It's digression. a hillbilly hoedown. I get it. Which spilled into neighboring farms and small towns. They attacked farms and houses, taking food and booze. They slaughtered pigs and roasted them beside the road. I had no idea that the scene in Blazing Saddles when Alex Cyrus punches the cow is based on a true story. <laughs> Holy shit. So they're like post-game riot tailgating. <laughs> yeah. What if you're a farmer, you're like, I think they're roasting our pigs. <laughs> that guy's fighting corn. Show you a thing or two. Bite your nose off. Bite your feet. Uh, Bite your ears off. Bite your ears off. Yeah. Uh, Boston Corners, Millerton, and other nearby towns were destroyed by thousands of drunken morons. Some locals managed to get a train to stop, and they all jumped on it and escaped from the mob. Flag down a train. <laughs> Flagging down a train. <laughs> They're 
punching our pigs? It must have been his first day driving a train. Did I stop? Well, I think he saw them, and then he saw, like, the big cartoon dust, like, thing with the fists yeah. coming out of it. And, like, pigs, you know? like, flying yeah, in and out. Pigs flying yeah. in cows, getting, like, ribs big. It's like, okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. I gotta stop. Uh, the law was eventually informed of the mess that was happening, and they came. The only person arrested was Yankee Sullivan. <laughs> That's what we call reverse racism. Yeah. <laughs> Native-born American. I'm a uh, Yankee. He, he was put in jail and could not afford to pay the bail. Uh, so his buddies paid it for him, and when he finally got out, he took off for the West Coast, where we'd, he would eventually be arrested by the 1856 Vigilance Committee in San Francisco, and he died in his cell. <laughs> That's a weird... Oh, that was a very evil cackle. <laughs> The Vigilance Committee? Remember, the, we, we did a, an episode about that in oh, San Francisco. Yeah. The, they hung the guys out the window. And, oh, I do remember yeah. that. I, I'm he, just a fan got, of people getting owned, yeah. historically. Any, any sort of a... <laughs> any, any kind of owned. I, I just like windmills. <laughs> Fair to. Now, at 22... Jesus. <laughs> what, what, how long were years? How long were years? How many days was a year? Oh, years were 940 days. Oh, sorry. The sun took much longer to get around. Yeah, no, this is before years. Well, it needed a horse cart, so yes. it took a long time to I don't get around. Know, how does he do so much in a single year? When I was 22, I learned that if, if you keep a bottle next to your bed, you can keep gaming as long as you want. <laughs> It is astounding what you can accomplish without the internet. <laughs> Distracting you. That's really what you learn when you read yeah. about the history. It's if like, there's no wow, internet, these people did so much. Yeah, it's they, because they were fucking bored. Yeah. They, it's they, like, they, I can't log on to my favorite websites. I'll literally punch oh, a wall ever, for Did they hour. ever accomplish a level 88 raid on Ungaro on World of Warcraft? No, I don't think they ever did. Like, if you ever go to, like, a medieval torture museum where you see these insane contraptions, and you're like, who sat and imagined that? It's like, yeah, they didn't have TV. <laughs> they had nothing else to do. <laughs> it's like, oh, what about a big wooden uh, diamond and you put your ass on it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish there was something I could just watch for an hour right now. <laughs> Instead of slowly die of syphilis. Right? You better hurry up and make Zelda, or I'll keep making weird shit to kill people. What's the vibe like at a torture museum? It's chill. Sure, I bet it is. You know, I mean, yeah. there's like, it's like respect, respectful silence, but also sort of a giddy, you know, enjoyment yeah, of right, the horror. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I recommend Man, them. They're good. Ass. I recommend. It's good because it's like everyone has to kind of pretend they're there for like, you know, historical enrichment, but they're actually just <laughs> there to be like, oh my god, that's so fucking gross. Wow, really would hurt. Oh, I gotta check Facebook. <laughs> really would hurt. So, at 22, John Morrissey was a household name nationwide. Uh, though not everyone thought he had truly won the fight because of the way the victory happened. So, there were naysayers. Now that he had a name, someone brought him in to be a partner in a gambling house, and John was rolling in cash. He then asked the captain's daughter he had fallen in love with years ago to marry him. Aw. Yeah, see? It's sweet. a sweet story. Nice. Very sweet. Nice. And then he punched her in the face. All right, sure, for sure. You got to. You know, no, no means no. No. 
they married, and he worked at his gambling hall and became even more involved in Tammany Hall. John was very influential in getting Fernando Wood elected as mayor, this time giving advice as well as being muscle. Okay. So he's using his brains, oh too. Oh, my God. This just infuriated Bill the Butcher and the know-nothings more. He's the fighting wonk. <laughs> what happened? No, I just He's like, you know, he wears a lanyard, but he'll also knock you out. The fighting wonk. Bill, uh, Bill the, the Butcher learned that this uh, new uh, uh, political consultant consorted in certain Italian pizzerias in the <laughs> New York area and thought he'd uncover a conspiracy. <laughs> One night in February 1855... <laughs> it's true. One night in February 1855, John was drinking at a bar when Bill walked in. This was their recorded conversation. John, quote, There stands the black-muzzled American fighter. Bill responded, Yes, I'm a dandy. <laughs> yes, I'm the dandy? I'm a dandy. Uh, yes, I'm a dandy. Yes, it's great that I'm there's a, a time dandy. when that was like a good comeback. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm a dandy. <laughs> and then John said... I can lick all the dandy out of you tomorrow evening. <laughs> sorry, oh. sorry, sorry. Whoa! This oh, took a, a turn. This is porn dialogue, right? And then Bow. Bill said, well, I'll be your daddy. Bow, chicka, wow, wow. I don't think you can lick all the dandy off of me. <laughs> well, I'd love to try. <laughs> After I clean the pool. <laughs> It's so those, there's one of those uh, Italian pizza discs been delivered. <laughs> These are the most masculine men of the entire 19th century. <laughs> John said he would bet uh, $50 that he could beat Bill the Butcher. Bill agreed. The next day, they met at the Amos Street Dock, which was in Bill's gang's territory. And the crowd that the Amos came... Street Dock gang. Amos? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, legally. They just, they're just on that dock all the time. We want to be the Jets. No, you're from the dock. So. No. Could we be guys, the guys in a boat that go off the dock? Gang? No, no. we're doing addresses now. So. Okay, we'll just stay here. Now, stay here. We're actually shooting a porno in a minute, uh, if you'd like to stick around. Uh, two guys are going to lick the dandy out of each other. <laughs> Um, so the crowd that came was enormous they were packed onto roofs and hanging from windows who is the person who's like I can hold this Bill the Butcher arrived on a rowboat very (laughs) fucking fancy very fancy right yeah probably throwing food to the fish no someone's throwing roses on him harpoon that he shoots he better not have been rowing that's all I know because that like totally takes the shine off (laughs) if he's like Huffing and fucking moving the goddamn oars. No, I'm picturing like he's got to be robe. in the back waving, you know, yeah, in a robe turned yeah. down for what's playing, and he's like rolling in. Yes. Uh, one of John's friends was an enemy. Docking's of- an awkward part of that exit. Oh, super awkward. Trying to get tie the rope. The- get the rope. I'll be there. I'm awesome. Get, grab the rope and then throw it on the thing, will you? Thank you. Just a prelude to the docking to come later. <laughs> Moments away. I mean. From you know a dandy I mean. dock. 
The, dan- the dandy docking that was yeah. to come. <laughs> the dock sucking. <laughs> and, then, and then there's just... A couple of dandy just, dock suckers. <laughs> and there's just thousands of people watching two guys fuck on a dock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are they going to fight? Oh, they're uh, fighting. Who's winning? I can't tell. We're winning. <laughs> I don't... We're winning. <laughs> I don't know how to score this. Uh, uh. I do. <laughs> yama, yama. <laughs> I guess that's why they called him the butcher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think that was a laugh from DC. It sounded so distant. <laughs> We're piping some in. Yeah. So one of John's friends was an enemy of Bill the of of Bill's brother. Okay. So uh, Bill's Bob brother. Bob the Builder. B- what? His brother Bob the Builder. Yeah. <laughs> Bill the Butcher and his brother Bob the Builder. Yeah. You, you get it. You get it. Anybody have kids? Anybody have kids? <laughs> Bill's brother walked up and just punched the guy in the head, and pretty soon both groups were fighting each other. Okay. Good prelude. Uh, John's friends got their asses kicked because there's many more of the know nothing guys. And their there revolvers were taken, and then they were thrown into the river. <laughs> That's a good end. That's a good finishing move. So now John's alone. Okay. Oh, snap. And then the boxing started. There was no ring. They're just on the dock. And it wasn't as this much... This is an 80s movie. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, like, it's like half, it's like yeah. half roadhouse, half Seagal. Yeah. Giant stacks of boxes yeah. that are going to get knocked everywhere. You're the best in the world, but you've got to prove it now. <laughs> Somebody comes through it comes through in a uh, monster truck and drives over a boat. Yeah. I own this town. Dig deep and fight. You gotta dig deep. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't as much a boxing match as a clawing wrestling match. They were trying to gouge each other's eyes out and bite each other's faces. Good callback. <laughs> Quote, it was sickening to watch, for in no time they were frightfully punished. There was a long gash on Bill's cheeks where the flesh had been torn away by his opponent's teeth. Blood was streaming from John Morrissey's eyes. According to one reporter, Bill won the fight and John surrendered. Then Bill got into his rowboat and off he went. Just <laughs> <laughs> gone in a circle. Turned down for what? <laughs> David, can I just interject here and say it's been bugging me all night, but I just figured out where I've heard the story of Bill the Butcher before. There's, it's this man who he's Turkish and he puts salt on meats, and that's what that's the story, right? That's it. That's where yeah, we're that's going. That film about the Turkish man. <laughs> yeah. Do I win? You win. You want a thing. Throws paprika in the eyes. Um, So then after Bill got in the boat and took off, the crowd then moved in and attacked John. (laughs) A reporter wrote, quote, a number of Bill's partisans joined in and hammered and kicked Morrissey while he lay upon the ground until the wonder he was not killed. A group of Tammany Hall politicians moved in and saved John. Move, move, move. We make law. Uh, the first time the New York legislature moved quickly. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, local! <laughs> Though badly beaten, John survived. A couple weeks later, Bill was in a bar when John came in. Oh, John really? walked up and spit in Bill's face, then whipped out his gun. Uh, he aimed it at Bill and pulled the trigger, but the hammer jammed. The same thing happened when they were making the dandy porn. (laughs) (laughs) Happens. So he threw the gun to the floor. Bill then pulled out his own gun and was about to shoot, but a friend of John said, you wouldn't shoot an unarmed man, would you? (laughs) Well, he just tried to shoot me! (laughs) Yeah, but not now. Now it's on the ground. Because it... uh, You're right. It would be rude. It would be rude. So Bill threw his gun to the floor, reached over the lunch counter. This is a fucking 80s movie! Yeah. yeah. Dropping that, the yeah. gun when you have the drop no, on no, the guy! No. I want to make this interesting. Jesus criminy! That is amazing! I owe so many apologies. I know! Yeah. And then he started singing my Sister dad. Christian by Night Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he reached over the counter and grabbed two carving knives and stabbed them into the bar. Well, I, Quote, what is the, But, okay, so the guy's like, you wouldn't shoot him, would you? You're right, that would be fucked up. I'll just cut the fuck out of him. Well, so he says, there, you son of a bitch, take your pick. I'll fight you for them. John was not about to fight Bill with the weapon that he preferred. <laughs> then a dozen cops rushed in, and the two men were arrested... But then they were taken outside and allowed to leave as long as they promised to go straight home. You walk right, you walk left. That's we're not I'm going doing to need, this. I'm going to need pinky swears. Yeah. That's, that's called white privilege. <laughs> the police took him to Burger King afterwards. Uh, so John did go home, but Bill the Butcher went to another bar. Inside were John's friends. I think Bill has a problem. Yeah. (laughs) Inside there were John's friends, Baker, McLaughlin, and a few others. Baker was an ex-cop who... I make bread for his meat. So, hello. The butcher and the baker. Yeah. There was a candlestick maker, right? (laughs) Of course. We'll get there. Okay. (laughs) I'll fight him with candles. Can we talk to you for a minute? Actually, we don't know. You're going to get killed. You'll get killed. Come on, light them. As long as I don't move too fast, they won't go out. I'm Doily Larry. <laughs> Doily Larry. Um, hey, you almost... let's go. No, Doily, Doily. I've got a Doily in no, my pocket. Doily, do- I know, Doily. First of all, crazy decision to keep it in your pocket. But well, I whip it out to no, no, get afraid when I unfold it. Remember when you fought Jeff the sword? Oh, yeah. You got... Oh, you almost died. Yeah, I've got a cut right down my Yeah, he cut right through you. Through the doily. Through the doily especially. Yeah. The doily went right away. But I've got a name. No, it's not good. <laughs> I'm a holy terror. You didn't count on toothpick Timothy, did you? Shishing, <laughs> shing. Shishing, shing. Shishing. Oh, I'm fighting a guy with a gun. Oh, fuck. Oh, oh shit. Did not I'm mean shy. to fight print oh, on this one. I'm fighting two-gun Tommy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, shit. I would you like some water, Walter? Would you care for some water? Do you want some? Are you thirsty? I'll give you some. Yeah, fight me, do whatever. I just make sure. Be hydrated is my thing. So Baker was an ex-cop who a judge said had, quote, a most unaccountable passion for disorderly scenes and associates. Good. He had once been in a fight with Hire, and Hire beat the shit out of him and left him for dead on the street. But after that... 
Bill the Butcher felt like Baker had been disrespectful to hire during the fight, <laughs> in which he was left beaten unconscious. Where's your protocol? Have you no honor? So a little while later, uh, Bill also fought Baker and almost beat him to death. Bill said he would eventually send Baker to an undertaker. A little rhyme, a little rhyme. Yeah, that's fun. Now there's rapping. Baker never traveled alone after that. <laughs> yeah. So in, in comes Baker uh, with a bunch of his friends, and there's Bill the Butcher. McLaughlin, who did not have a nose because it was bitten off in a fight. What does it smell like? <laughs> Describe it. He walked over and purposely bumped into Bill. And when Bill turned, he, <clears throat> McLaughlin spat in Bill's face and challenged him to a fight. Bill put uh, five $10 gold pieces on the bar and offered to fight anyone who would take the bet. At that point, another uh, Tammany Hall guy pulled out a Colt revi- revolver, aimed at Bill, and then accidentally shot himself in the arm. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I what see is... why they stick to fists for the most part. You son of a bitch. Myself. Oh, here's a tip, boys. When you pull out the gun, don't put this one in front of it. Honestly, shoot, how do you even do that? You have to be so nervous. Maybe you're spinning in a circle. Uh, even then, it's hard. It is very hard. You need to be like sway, like moving your arms around a lot. Yeah. So he screamed after shooting himself and Mad. then shot again, and this time he hit Bill in the leg. Baker then whipped out his pistol and put it against Bill's chest and shot twice. So that's got to hurt. It's not good. And somehow shot himself in the ass. (laughs) Shot himself a frying pan. (laughs) Shot himself. Like I don't know how that worked. I put it right up against his chest. (laughs) Somehow I pulled the trigger and my ass is shot. I don't know how it happened. We got to do something about these guns. (laughs) So, so Bill Bill the butcher falls down and then manages to get back up on his feet, and he grabs a carving knife. At this point, because there was a zombie in the room, <laughs> all of John's friends ran out of the bar. As Bill ran screaming, he was going to kill Baker. He'll be back. Uh, and so he's, he's saying he's going to kill Baker. He throws a knife at the door, barely misses one of them, and then he collapses. Mm. But Bill was not dead, though. This is an 80s movie. He manages to hold on for two more weeks, even though he had a bullet in his heart. (laughs) Oh, they made him out of tougher stuff back then. (laughs) What? How do you even... I think it was drinking uh, six whiskeys a day at the age of 11 that did it, really. Plus, he's a butcher. He's probably just sitting around eating raw meat Oh, no, if he's a butcher, he's probably in there. He's like, I'll just slice this a little thinner. Take this out. Slice it a little tighter. He did die two weeks later. His From why? <laughs> what happened? I, I'm he... a fan. I've watched the show. I wanted to get in on that. Why? <laughs> Another thing off too. the bucket obviously, list. Check. Obviously well-timed. Yeah. Same page. His last words were, Goodbye, boys. I die a true American. Ah. Wow. I thought it would be, I think it's the heart that did it. (laughs) Bill's funeral was a huge event. The streets along the procession were packed. 
Across from Bill's house, a carpenter owned a shop. People climbed all over the two-story building, and soon every inch of the roof was taken up. Then the stairs gave way, and then the roof, and then the whole building collapsed, and four were killed and 30 injured. Can I make my point about how not having TV led to some really drastically terrible outcomes? It's like, what are we going to do? Oh, this guy's dead. We could look at his casket oh, for a while. Well, oh, we're, no, we're all dead Where are we pre-gaming? <laughs> we pre-gaming the funeral? So the procession started. Several hundred... Uh, uh, what, 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 what I miss? Is the guy 13 He's dead. yet or he what? Died. Uh, Bill no. lived Bill with uh, a bullet in his heart for two weeks. He's, He's gone. dead now. So uh, several hundred police marched out front. Behind them were 2,000 of Bill's associates, then other gangs from other cities behind them, and then the fire station Bill had been a member of. At Grand Street, 500 working butchers in their aprons knelt. <laughs> it's the Our right. Lord and Savior. Sorry, we're not cutting ham today. As you can see, the ham is at half ham. We're flying the beef at half mast. Beef is at half price because of <laughs> we're flying all the meats at half price today. Uh, they walked all the way. It's to... actually a two for one, but uh, we're saying that it's we're hanging it at half price. But it's a two for one. Whatever you get, two for one because we are honoring a man today. <laughs> not over a pound though. Uh, if you get more than a pound, we'll go to regular rates because we're not giving away the meat. Uh, you know, it's a shame that he's gone. But again, it is it is a two for one. It is a, we're flying the meat at half-mast, uh, and mustard is also a quarter off, because it's an honor. Bags are a dime. Uh, if you get a bunch and you want to, but we're charging for bags now. We just... But, uh... So, foul's the same. <laughs> Not doing anything weird with foul. So, if you want some of that... But, Again, beef is flying at half pounds, which means two for one, not above a pound. Mustard's a quarter off, a bag's a pound. Go ahead, do your thing. I just, I don't want to. So, the funeral procession went to Brooklyn where Bill the Butcher was laid to rest, and then they broke up and Bill's gang headed back to Canal Street. There they met a large group of John Morrissey followers, as well as a bunch of dead rabbits. Soon, stones and bricks were being thrown, then pistols were being fired. The fighting went on for an hour until the ar- an army regiment moved in to stop it and several died. <laughs> it's a hell of a funeral. Hell yeah. yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah. The casket uh, people were like, well, this has been a good day. Good day. <laughs> Very good All day. All things considered. With John's nemesis dead, he began to grow in political power. He had a son. He fought his uh, last fight against John Heeman and won fairly easily in he 12 He beat He-Man? He beat He-Man. <laughs> Quite a feat. He now owns several gambling, gambling houses and was a partner in others, and he was a growing political influence in Tammany Hall. He had become untouchable, and the police let him do anything he wanted. That's He's, never good. He, well, he started running with more power and uh, a wealthy crowd like the Vanderbilts and the mayor. He bought a place in Saratoga Springs, a resort town 30 miles north of Troy. Congratulations. Things are good in the back if anyone wants to rob the gentleman. There he opened a racetrack and bought several horses. Wait a yep. minute, Sarasota racetrack? He, yep. he f- yep. fucking he, found it? He in? made it, yeah. Holy crap. I learned something today. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, 
He bought horses. The entire venture was very successful. The rich and famous made their way to Saratoga for a day at the races. It became a premier 19th century destination with visitors like Vanderbilt, Rockefeller, Mark Twain, future presidents Chester A. Arthur, Rutherford Hayes, Ulysses Grant. But unfortunately for Morrissey, although he was well-liked and very wealthy, he was never fully accepted into the upper ranks of American society because they still didn't like the Irish. Mm. <laughs> well, what I mean, that and, that and he had like 15 knuckle prints in his forehead. You know, that. they just don't like where I'm from. As blood's coming out of his forehead. You know. You know, just because I've got a bit of exposed brain. Yeah, just because you can see some of my brain, and when I shout, blood shoots out of my head. People treat me like I'm crazy. You know, it's unbelievable. It really yeah, is. This apples, day and age. Yeah. It's a shame. His status as an immigrant prevented him from becoming an elite. Morrissey successfully ran for Congress and served two terms in the House of Representatives. Right. So this is... Inspiring. Is- it just it wouldn't happen today, Dave. <laughs> it would not happen today. <laughs> I mean, well, I no mean, way. I, 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 that's true in the sense that I can't imagine anyone in Congress beating up literally anyone. Yeah, <laughs> like I can't think of a single person yeah. in government no. who could beat up a single other person. Uh, it would be so much better. Oh my yeah, god! When you, yeah, when R- you rule. see when you see like I mean you know you see like a random video of like some like. You know, like a government in like Russia or Japan where people have just had enough and chairs are being thrown. You're like, if that was happening, that would rule. Probably something would shift. I mean, we could at least like, yeah, fights in the in the house, and then you can bet on the outcome. Yeah, pay down the national debt. I can't imagine someone whose brain has been turned to fluid from years of being involved in entertainment being uh, elected to public (laughs) office. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, he was come a known, long way. He was known as a champion of Irish-American interests, never forgetting his roots. He also tried to achieve his legislative goals through <laughs> threats and intimidation. <laughs> One time boasting on the floor that he could lick any man in the house. <laughs> Just ask that dandy I turned out. It was all anti-snake legislation. And the young congressman, Mark Foley, took him up on it. (laughs) It's a little uh, second-term Bush humor. I don't know if you all remember that. We do a lot of second-term Bush humor here. (laughs) Morrissey eventually turned on his backers from Tammany Hall, and he attempted an internal coup to take over Tammany Hall and played a key role in testifying against Boss Tweed once his endless corruption finally broke out, out into scandal. He was eventually ousted from Tammany Hall and went on to form a rival political organization, Irving Hall. I I mean, it's a step up from the rival of Tammany Hall, but it's not much better. Uh, John then served as a New York State Senator in 1875, but his political career was cut short by a fatal case of pneumonia in 1878. Yeah, that's what gets most of you. That's what gets most of you back then. Yep. Angry Gardner <laughs> went on to become one of the first celebrity born-again Christians in America. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, ironically, Angry Gardner did the flower arranging at his funeral, <laughs> and it was beautiful. Uh, or if it's terrible. Boy, these are just all over the place. I heard that. I'm trying. 
that's that's the Bill that's Butcher. A normal, John normal tale. Morrissey story. Normal tale. A New York classic. David. New York classic. David. Yeah. Can I just say that I'm glad that. Irish Americans have learned from the experience of being considered a lesser race and are now egalitarians who believe in equality for all people. <laughs> and thank you, Irish Americans. Yes. Very good. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Thank you, everybody, so much for coming thank out. You. Truly. Thank you. Um, you say so, I think it's so yeah, uh, we don't have a lot of time, but we are. We we will. We, uh, you guys are backwards. Uh, it. <laughs> We brought. I have some posters for sale, and we'll be up there. Uh, I think it's there's a balcony out there. We'll figure it out up there. Over there. uh, Yeah, we'll be up there. We'll we'll sell posters and take pictures and stuff over there. Yes, up up there. And thank you so much. Thank you. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Uh, Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there.